You're listening to episode 20 of Widowcast with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. These are real stories and real experiences of widowhood, both my own story and those of many other widows I've known and worked with as a life coach. You know, the only complaint I've ever gotten on Widowcast was that the episodes are not long enough. I've had so many of you listeners say, I just wish they were longer, that there was more to listen to. Well, buckle up because I have so much to share with you today and I think we're in for a long one. I've recently came back from doing Mastermind out in California The mastermind I went to, for those of you who don't know what a mastermind is, this one was over a hundred coaches getting together at a resort for three days and doing workshops and sharing ideas and listening to speakers, finding out what's new in our industry and getting a, a feel for where we're headed as coaches. It was fantastic. We stayed at the Omni La Costa Resort in Carlsbad. I have to tell you, it was just breathtaking, this resort. I couldn't believe how fabulous the flowers were. I really wished I had more personal time at the resort to just soak it all in. Uh, But we had long days, long days. We started one day as early as 7 o'clock in the morning and went past 5 o'clock in the evening. But it was a lot, and I really came back re-energized. One of the things I've thought about these last couple days after coming back is that idea of getting over it. So when do you, quote, unquote, get over it? When Jim died, I thought I had nothing to get over initially. I thought that I would just move ahead in my life doing what needed to be done. You see, we both had very strong beliefs about the fact that we're beings both inside and outside of our bodies. We knew we had been together for a thousand years and we would certainly get together again after this lifetime. We envisioned getting together in the afterlife to laugh and watch the movies of it and share in our joy. I firmly believe he is still here, just beyond where I can see him and interact with him, but here nonetheless. Forget the fact that I was sitting there mentally, even physically, going into a state of shock that would take weeks to lift. Forget the fact my life would be living in a fog for a while, and then I would realize I was living in that very foreign land of my new reality. I still thought that I was not dealing with something I had to get over. I mean, shouldn't you be back at work? How much time are you going to be sitting around sad? You need to be back at work, right? Hey, it's been months. Aren't you seeing somebody? Really? (laughs) It's been over a year now, so you're past that, right? Can we all just make that stop? No, you don't have a timeline. I had immediately started going through Jim's clothes, clearing out the closet, making piles to toss away and piles for donation. I thought it was what I was supposed to be doing. 
Never mind that I was still in an absolute state of shock. It had only been days. This is what widows have to take care of, right? No, you do not need a list to check off the things you are, quote, unquote, supposed to do. Do not start phoning creditors and banks. Do not think you have to make all the arrangements on your own. And certainly do not let others rush you towards this stuff. There's time, plenty of time. You do need to let others know what has happened. If it's going to be a lot of difficult calls, maybe you reach out to someone you know you can count on to help. I'm sure by the time you're listening to this podcast, all that notification stuff has happened. If widowhood is still so new that you're buying books with checklists, just know you do not have to work through a checklist and do things that you're not feeling up to tackling. It's been over a year, and I still have many things in the house that have not been cleared out. There's still a couple credit cards that need notification. They were in his name only, and so, of course, they're not being used at all right now. So it just it doesn't matter. Back to work, totally up to you and your situation. I took a job offer a week after Jim passed. It was an offer letter that we had both been expecting to come my way. I went ahead and started that new job less than two weeks later. I thought I was handling it, and the work would be a good distraction. Besides, I needed an income, so I was grateful to have it. Never mind that it turned into a nightmare job. I mean, I finally left. I was not even cognizant that much of the time it was difficult to focus. I was still dealing with so much emotion. And so much I thought I needed to handle all by myself. And truly, I I was by myself. My family is on the other side of the country. But I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm holding up, right? I'm holding up. Six weeks after Jim passed, I got on the bathroom scale. And I saw I had gained back 20 pounds in that short time. That gave me a clue. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm not handling it, eating my grief. So no, you are not over it. And anyone who asks you is a clod, an emotional suck, an a-hole. I'm sorry, pardon me, but that is what it is. And you get to think that. You get to know that. You don't have to lie or cover up. You can say, no, I'm not over it. I may never actually be over it. But sure, you'll be the first one. I'll let know when I am. Be confident in yourself and know not a thing is wrong with you. I had a widow that I was coaching that that was one of her very first things that that she was worried about and upset with because she felt that the people she worked with thought that she should just be over it and be back at work. And for this woman, it had only been one month since her husband died. Can you imagine 30 days, less than 30 days, and she was feeling like she needed to just be over it and get back to work and thought something was wrong with her, that she could not bring herself to go back to work. Oh my gosh. So what do you need to do? You need to identify what your priorities in life are now. They're not necessarily still going to be the same as they were before. 
most of us have never sat down and thought about our life priorities. And they can possibly change all the time. It's just not something we do. Maybe the first thing that comes to mind when you do that is to have more time right now and not feel pushed to get back to work or get out there like wherever there is. <laughs> what are your desires? We don't even know sometimes. Our spouse has just passed away and we have no idea what it is we want as an individual because we had always planned as a couple. What do you want for yourself? Travel, family, closeness with friends, a different car, a different house, even a different career. Take the time right now to find you again. Dedicate yourself to finding you again. I thought I was moving forward with my life. But within seven months, I understood the corporate job was not moving me forward. It was keeping me stuck. Stuck in my house, stuck in my life. It was accomplishing nothing more than that basic financial support. Not downplaying the importance of financial support, but I was giving up far, far too much in exchange for that minimum basic income. I knew I wanted more. I wanted more time, more travel, more friends. I wanted to share and teach. My job used to include mentoring my team. I had about 125 people working under me. I coached my team of transcriptionists, QA staff, and account managers, not only on doing their job and actually finding joy in doing their job, but oftentimes coaching them on life and life situations because they would come to me with that. When my job turned into all digital number crunching and dumping staff based purely on numbers because that's what the CEO and CFO were looking at and wanted to have happen, it was time to go. It was time to go. I took a huge leap of faith. Huge. I knew that I was missing exactly what I needed to focus on and do. Coaching became my priority. So I set off to identify the school and with the school of thought that most closely aligned with what I do. I wanted to become certified as a coach and get hours of coaching under my belt for that certification. And it was the best decision for me ever. I set off on a new life. And in the process, finally, this podcast to reach out to Sister Widows came into being. I want so much more for all of you. There are just not enough resources in this country for widows and so much misinformation, so many preconceived notions about what this is to be widowed. There's so many preconceived notions out there about what it is to have your whole life pulled out from under you in that way. No, we may not ever be over it, but we can move ahead and grow and become more of who we are than ever before. That is so amazing. Let me tell you my life coach story. It came to me like divine intervention. I kid you not. I was unhappy with the job knew something needed to change. And as I sat at my desk wondering why I was so unhappy 
in a job in an industry that I had previously loved doing for so many years. It indeed came to me that because of how digital data tracking on employees had changed the expectations of what I was to do, I was no longer able to be a mentor to my team. Jim used to tell me the story about his vocation. Oh gosh, you're going to love this. He attended a parochial school as a kid, and he was taught when he said his nightly prayers, he should always ask for his true vocation to be revealed. So one night, little Jimmy said his prayers and hopped into his bed. And as his head hit the pillow, he heard a female voice clear as day. And the voice said, how would you like to be a teacher? He sat straight up in bed and said, yeah, that's what I want to do. And he laid back down and went to sleep, confident in the knowledge that this is what he would be because the voice told him so. Fast forward almost 50 years. He had completed an amazing career as a teacher in the South Bronx, Fort Apache, a rough area, but he was delighted to be teaching there, working with the kids there. And he got to retire at the age of only 53 after an amazing career that he had never given a thought to even planning for or question because the voice had told him. When he told me about this, I said, a voice? You actually heard a voice? And he asked, be ready for it. Doesn't everybody? I kid you not, 56 years old, and he thought everyone got the voice. If only, right? Well, I was 61 years old and got the voice. The voice said, all these years of learning and studying psychology and philosophy, all these years of experiences, it's time to give that back to the world. It's time to be a life coach. You could have made me fall right over by touching my shoulder, but I knew this was true and I knew it was going to happen. It was what I was going to do with the rest of my life. I thought then that I was going to continue to work the job while getting a practice started for coaching. And eventually then I could do the coaching full time and let the job go. I had immediately started researching schools for coaching. Um, but two weeks later, everything kind of came to a head at my job and I left the job done. I had found my school, I had already reached out to them, had even been worrying about how I was going to be able to get time away from the job to travel to California because I needed to go to the physical school for a couple of weeks for in-person study. Well, now that was no longer going to be an issue <laughs> because I took that enormous leap of faith and I'm telling you, it was scary. Scary, because leaving that job meant I had no income. And you know, finances is one of the first things that kind of throws us on the death of our spouse. And I even felt guilty about that at the time. Like, why should I even be thinking about the money when I've just lost Jim? But boy, you do. And I don't think it matters how much or how little of it you have. You really need to reassess. And that's, that's tough. 
What was an issue was the fact that the school was booked up for September and I was on a wait list. I knew I had to be there. There was no waiting for the next class cycle. But as time drew closer and closer, the school assured me that no one was going to cancel. It was past the time that they could get their deposit back, finally, and it just wasn't going to happen. No one was going to cancel out. So I thought a minute about going to one of the other schools that had come up on my searches, but in my gut, I knew it had to be this one because their style, their thought, their training was all around causal coaching, which is what I had done my whole life. It had to be that school. So I kept thinking, it's going to happen. Hell, the voice had told me, right? <laughs> it had to be that September class. Finally, the week came that classes were starting on that Friday out in California. And yeah, my faith began to quaver. I didn't look at the other schools yet, but knew that by the following week I would need to. I would need to start looking for plan B. Um, on Wednesday that week, I was sitting waiting outside the office of my gynecologist. You know that annual appointment. Um, I was reading Wayne Dyer on my Kindle. He had recently passed away, and his family put out all his ebooks at a very reduced price just because they knew Wayne would want his work out in the world to make a difference. I think it was like 99 cents for any of his books. In the book I was reading, he talked about intention, and he said intention is not something in your head but could be thought of as a spiritual flow that moves through us or rather a spiritual flow that we could move through and allow it to take us where we need to be, but only if we get ego out of the way. And by that, he meant we needed to let go of what we thought would be best for us or our own expectations to just drop all of that and get into the flow of intention. How? How to do this? Well, he told a story about when he was a kid in growing up in New York City, probably about the same time that Jim was a kid in New York City hearing the voice. <laughs> and Wayne Dyer and his mom would travel on the subway in New York City. Back then, they still had those leather strap handles on the subway to hold on to. Because he was a little kid, he couldn't reach the strap handles. So his mom would hold on to one, but he had to sit in the seat. He used to pretend that he could float right up there and grab onto one of those strap handles. So he said, just imagine the flow of intention right above you as leather strap handles flowing on by. And you can let go of all ego, let go of everything that you think that you need or need to be going to float up and grab onto one of those leather strap handles to let the flow of intention take you where you need to be. Oh, what the heck? I was waiting on the gynecologist, so what else did I have to do? I closed my eyes and I floated up for one of those leather strap handles, confident that it was going to take me wherever I needed to be at that time. Done. And I got called in for my exam. <laughs> I know. Well, when all was done and I was headed back home, my cell phone rang. It was the Life Coach School in California. She was saying 
this never happens, never. A student has had a sudden emergency and can't come. We have an opening, if you can be here tomorrow. This was 4.30 in the afternoon in New York. <laughs> My brain went into a tizzy. You see, any time in the past, if I needed to fly into Indianapolis for the company that I worked for or needed to travel away with a friend, there was no worries. Jim was back here to look after things, and I had my touchstone in him, my permission from him even. Now, now, I'm supposed to jump on an airplane in the morning and just go away for two weeks? Even as my brain screamed, I can't do this. This is crazy. I don't even know how to leave the house for two weeks. A quieter voice inside was saying, but you knew it would be this September class. It has to be September. It has to be now. I didn't even have enough of my medication, and the bottle said no more refills. Like, are you kidding? I'm supposed to get in my doctor's office in the morning, get a new prescription, fill it, and still make the plane? And I needed to do laundry. And what clothes did I have? I mean, this is a woman who has worked remotely from home for over 20 years. So outfits were not even a thing. I had some professional things from my business trips when I had to fly into the office. But not really anything that was appropriate for this. Could I even get flights? There was a hitch at the hotel because the other student didn't cancel her reservation and they were showing as being completely booked. Oh my gosh, long story short, I threw whatever I could get my hands on into my suitcase. Magically, I somehow got the medication. I mean, it just went bang, bang, bang. I walked into the office. I told the nurse, look, I have a prescription emergency here. And she immediately got the prescription for me. She called it to my pharmacy. So by the time I dashed over there, it was ready for me. I was able to get the hotel room. I traveled all day to arrive at the hotel and check in. It was after 1 a.m. in the morning. I think it was 2 o'clock in the morning when I was finally up in my room in California wondering how the hell I got there. <laughs> the first day of the school was starting in just seven hours. I would need to be up and ready in about five hours. And I was so wound up from all of this, I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to fall asleep. It was the best thing I ever did. Coaching is the best thing I could ever do. I became certified as a life coach and a weight coach. My focus initially was and is on weight coaching. But many of you have come to me and now I'm a widow coach and finding that this is where I make the biggest difference in the world. This is my biggest contribution. So, all that said, am I over it? You'd think I'm over it, right? Wrong. I'm not over it. This is a process moving through my second year as a widow. The harsh reality of it all continues to settle in. The realization that this is real and this is forever. He's not coming home. That little something in the back of our brain that expects he could show up again any minute, despite the fact we intentionally know this is just not possible. Eventually, it begins to understand. It begins to understand that we can take down that picture. We can move that chair. It won't matter. He's not coming back. 
So new life, new career, but not over it. But I'm definitely finding my way and finding lots and lots of joy in my life. I have to tell you, there is lots out there to be enjoyed. I just spent a week out at Omni La Costa Resort. This is one of the most beautiful resorts on the planet, world class. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I know my priorities now. I know what my emotional needs are and how I can make sure that I'm getting those met every day. I can help you do that too. As a matter of fact, this is my mission for the next 60 days. This coach is on a mission, I'm telling you. I want to do 100 free transformations in free mini sessions. This is both for widows here on Widowcast, and I'm announcing it on my other podcast, Weight Coach. At the end of two months, at the, at the end of each 30-day period in the two months, I'm going to jump on my podcast and draw a name from that month's signups um, to give away a $100 Amazon gift card. What? That's right. I'm not only giving away free transformation, I'm giving away not one, but two $100 Amazon gift cards during those 60 days. Why am I doing this? I know it sounds crazy because I know not many people even know what a life coach does. I want to get it out there. What I do as a widow's coach and what I do as a weight coach. I can only handle about 10 spots a week for this and I'm offering it both here and on the other podcast and getting it out there on social media. So these spots are going to fill up quickly. We'll get on a phone call together for 30 minutes where we can identify one thing, one issue causing you emotional pain, and we'll resolve it right then, right there on that call. Don't worry if you can't pinpoint one thing. Maybe you're just in overwhelming grief. We can pretty quickly together isolate one aspect of that. And then we can resolve it right then and there, make you feel better. I'll also tell you about the programs I offer and if you would be a good fit to work with me. But you will walk away from that short phone call with one piece of actionable advice and you'll get to experience what it's like to be coached by me. So there's no obligation, no hassle. What are you waiting for? I would love to talk to you. You can schedule the free mini session with me just by going to talktojoanne.com. That's it. Talk to T-O, Joanne, J-O-A-N-N.com. That's going to take you directly to my scheduling calendar where you can pick your day and time. So go do it. Go do it. And if you haven't listened to Weight Coach yet, search my name in there. Both podcasts will come up. And you can listen to Weight Coach, which has lots of good stuff to share, if that's something that you want to listen to, as well as Widowcast. So get out there, find some joy in your life today. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <music>